You've heard of BetaShares. You've probably seen the logo on our podcast. You might even be among their 1 million investors. So you can imagine that I'm delighted to say BetaShares is the official ETF partner of the Australian Finance Podcast. With nearly 100 exchange-traded funds, you can go to betashares.com.au and immerse yourself in ETFs and unique insights covering all of the sectors, themes, core and satellite positions you could want. Think cybersecurity through the Hack ETF, robotics and AI with the RBTZ ETF, and uranium with the URNM ETF. The list goes on. To explore the BetaShares ETF range, visit betashares.com.au, read the relevant PDS and TMD on the website, and consider if the fund is right for you. BetaShares Capital Limited is the issuer. Is there a Spotify wrapped for investing? If you want to invest in shares or ETFs, our friends at Perla are more than one step ahead of the curve. On average, people who use Perla invest $1,750 every month. That's what we want to see, proper dollar cost averaging. With automated investing tools making your life simple, Perla investors have well and truly mastered the art of investing small bits lots of times. So if you're ready to start growing your net worth in 2024, follow the link in your Spotify or Apple podcast player right now to discover how you can get started today. Welcome to the Australian Finance Podcast. I'm Kate Campbell. And I'm Owen Rusk. And we're here to give you the tools and knowledge to invest both your time and money better. If you're new, feel free to jump in with our Starter Pack series that aired in early 2022 or our Shares or ETF mini series. We've got plenty to share with you in today's episode, but if you want to catch us on socials, head to Rusk Australia on Insta and Twitter. I'm also found at Kate Campbell AUS on Insta. And I'm Owen Rusk AU on Insta. Just beware of the fake accounts. We'll never DM you about trading strategies or crypto. And if it sounds a bit weird, it's probably not us. And just one final heads up before we get into the show. This podcast contains general financial information only. Kate Campbell, welcome to this episode of the Australian Finance Podcast. It is wonderful to be recording on this sunny Melbourne Thursday. Friday, I think Friday, we're up to Friday. Yeah. I've lost a day this week. There are no lights or windows in this <laughs> studio. It's just dark and we just don't know what Our day it is. We're capt- dungeon. captives to the podcasts. Uh, today we're talking about uh, savings accounts, term deposits and- Getting the most from your money at the moment. If you have an emergency fund, if you're saving yep, for a holiday, yep, yep. if you're saving for education costs or maybe even a house deposit. Yep. Yeah, good point. House deposit. We we want to give you that little reminder that there are some great high interest savings accounts around. So sometimes you might have been in one for a while. They haven't really uh, been rewarding you and it might be be a good time to look around or ask your bank if there's a better account with your current provider to switch into to really make the most of your savings. Yeah. Um, I think that shopping around anytime is good, right? And we, or you, I should say, source these um, these high interest savings accounts, these term deposits for folks in our RAS core community. I've got the list here in front of me. But uh, I mean, anyone can do this if they look around. There are lots of different banks, lots of different T's and C's. And if I'm not mistaken, Kate, you've kind of gone with the banks that kind of the offers make sense for the most people. Like if they're really niche, you tend to avoid those ones. Yeah. So we don't have, I'm not going to claim we've got the five best term deposits and the five best savings accounts in this episode, but we've got ones that our community use that are well known that suit all Australians and don't have too many uh, criteria to Mm. meet that. 
the conditions of that savings account because some of them are a little bit like you got to do this, you got to spend this, you got to add this. Yeah, yeah, which is it's hard. Um, I know there are some that apply for a certain number of transactions, and there's some people of certain ages can access it, but other people can't. Uh, so it's we're just trying to bring you like if you are if you've got some money parked in a term deposit or a savings account to shop around, maybe just have a look at these as alternatives. Um, and obviously read the terms and conditions before you switch over. Yeah, and if you haven't had a look at rates for a while, um, you might not realise that you're on 3% in your savings account and some are offering between 4 and 5%. So it's a good reminder that there are potentially some better deals out there for you. Yeah, and these deals might not last for long. I don't want to go into super nerdy detail, but the best way to get an indication of what the future might hold is to look at what government bonds and government bonds are yielding closer to, well, there's one, the five-year bond is 2.99% and the two-year bond is 2.89%. And what that basically means is that's where they think interest rates are going. In other words, down. So the expectation is for interest rates to fall over the next couple of years. And that's really important to remember if you're thinking of weighing up a term deposit of like three, four, five years, those longer-term ones, now might be the time if you are in that position I'm not in that position. Uh, like I said, I'm not really interested in locking in money for that long. It's not why I, I don't have any money to lock in right now. <laughs> so, yeah, but say so, for example, people approaching retirement or people that draw an income, um, you have two choices. One is you can lock in a term deposit or maybe you can invest in bonds, but bonds also fluctuate most of the time too. So, it's easier just to lock in a term deposit. Um, but as Kate will explain in a minute, we're just talking off air about this, some of the longer term term deposits haven't gone up, whereas the shorter term ones may have a little bit over the last little while, even as interest rates have increased, the longer term ones haven't gone up. And that's the reflection from the bank. That's the bank signaling to you that they don't want to offer you a lot for a long time because they think they're going to fall. Hmm. So they're trying to say, go with the short one, not the long one. Yeah. Because we don't want to be paying you 5% in three <laughs> years. We only want to be paying you 2% in five years. Yeah. Banks got to make a few long-term decisions, don't they, on how they're managing. Well, that's it. Yeah. The last few weeks has been an illustration of that overseas where some banks got it wrong. Yeah. And uh, they want to make sure that they're offering you less uh, than they expect. Yeah. So that's why those longer-term rates are lower. And the, probably the other disclaimer we should mention is this is being recorded on the morning of the 24th of March 2023. We're getting the rates directly from the provider's websites, but even in the last 24 hours, mm. a couple of the banks I was looking at, their rates have changed. So just use this to inform your research process and give you a, a springboard to really go off, but make sure you go to the provider's websites to find out the rates for yourself, the terms and conditions, the criteria, because this stuff is changing rapidly. Yeah, it is. Um, but one thing I will say, is it, does it, is it just me or does it seem to be the case that the same banks, not always, but tend to be near the top of the list? Yeah. Yeah. Like, they, like the big four aren't really getting into my list, are they? There's only a CBA in one of them. Um, but like Macquarie was the top of our list a little while ago mm. and ING was up there. Ubank was up there. They're, they're like the same. And ING's had a pretty good reputation for paying high interest high for interest a long for, time. Yeah. Maybe it's because they don't have banks, like branches and all that, so they can save I on costs. I remember like know. opening an ING savings account back in like 2016, 2015. And yeah. that was a yeah, popular same. option back then. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks to... Uh, the barefoot for bringing me across. <laughs> he didn't do that. Obviously, we all made our own choices, but um, that's how I originally made the switch. Okay, cool. So, 
Kate, what do you want to start with? Bank accounts or do you want to start with term deposits? I reckon we start with bank accounts. That's the most yeah. used product. Everyone has a bank account. Everyone sure. has a savings stuff. account. Whether they have got savings in it or not is a different question, but yep. I think we've all got something there. So, do we want to just run through the five we've been looking at? Yeah, sure. Yeah, just um, maybe just with which banks they are, if there are any key hurdles. Obviously, we're going to remind you, if you are interested in this, please go and read the terms and conditions because we just can't keep up if they're all changing every day. So, just an extra disclaimer there, Kate. Go, go for yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. So, the first one, and these are not in order because I'm not that fancy, yep. but we have Macquarie. Okay. So, Macquarie pops up a bit and at the moment they're offering 4% per year up to $250,000 on your typical savings account Okay. and there's no uh, frills like, attached. Like criteria. Like you don't have to meet any criteria to get that interest rate and they're offering, and this is one that's just changed in the last day, they're offering a welcome fixed rate for four months of 4.8%. So, they offer that honeymoon rate. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, they're really trying to- I mean, it popped up on my Instagram stories as a sponsored post this morning. They're pushing this this quite hard at the moment to a, a younger demo, I reckon. Yeah, absolutely. Macquarie's really been- like we've talked about this a lot, like not just here, but on the other podcasts as well, how hard Macquarie is pushing into mm. mortgages, savings accounts, term deposits, all this stuff. They just want to- because of the Royal Commission, that- Yeah. If if they get you onto their platform and you have a savings account and a transaction account, then it's a bit easier for them to line you up for a mortgage at that point. Yeah, and then, oh, in a few years, you become a client of their financial advice or their wealth (laughs) management or, yeah. So, this is a good way to tempt people in the door uh, and why not? Um, Okay, cool. Number two. Number two, we have Ubank. Mm -hmm. So, people be familiar with 86400. Yep. Uh, so they've used some of that branding, but it's it's Ubank now. So looking at their website at the moment, they're offering 4.35% per year on your savings account if you're wanting to feel like a rock star saver, says yeah, their website. Okay. <laughs> okay. And that's increasing to 4.6% from the 1st of April. So they've already told you this in advance on their website. There is a criteria here. You have to deposit $200 or more into one of your spend or save accounts on a monthly basis. It's not too bad. But if your paycheck's going in, yeah. then that's For a lot relatively... of people, that could be just like an automated transfer. Yeah. Even if you don't use them as a transaction account. And some people say they put the money in and take it out just to meet that hurdle. Yeah, true. Um, number three, the lion. Number three, the lion. And I think this is the best one I could find. Ooh, I may be sh- wrong. Shout out to ING, <laughs> the, the orange lion. Uh, the orange lion is currently offering a Five percent interest rate on your savings. So that's just maximizer. a flat rate. Yeah. Okay, but there are hurdles. There this is the are key thing. hurdles. So are, you have to deposit a thousand dollars from an external source to an ING account in your name. Okay. On a monthly basis, mm-hmm. you have to make five settled card purchases. So you with your linked transaction account. So, so it can't gonna, be like one of those ones where it's like pending for a few days or whatever. Yeah. 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 So it says that in the fine print. And this is why it's important to read that. And this fine is every print. month, five every month. Yep. So these are monthly tasks. And you have to grow your savings maximizer balance, excluding interest. Okay. So you have to be contributing money. It's probably yeah. that last one that's the most annoying for people. But this is a savings maximizer. So maybe yeah. just to rewind really quickly, if you are completely new to bank accounts, 
Uh, you have typically a transaction account, which is where you get your card and you tap and go and all that sort of stuff. And then you get the um, the savings account. The, the savings maximizer from ING is linked to a transaction account. And that's how you get all these extra things. So you have to link that in the app and whatever. Uh, so make sure you have that set up correctly. But yeah. in, in short, growing the savings balance is probably the key. I mean, it's a good habit for people, but you just that's probably the one that gets a lot of people to be honest because a lot of people would deposit their pay of a thousand bucks a month and spend and they everything. probably tap their card five times at least probably a week so the savings balance make sure it's growing um does that mean you can't so if you took some money out well like let's say to, i've got a thousand dollars in my savings account my paycheck of a thousand dollars comes in mm. i spend $999 over at least five purchases. Okay, then I've so got $1,001 at the end of the month. So I've grown the balance. Okay. Okay. Right. So, but then in the next month, you've got to keep growing it. I guess as long as you're, you're a yeah. saver, this is rewarding savers. I yes. mean, that's probably the thing that I need to just get my head around. Yeah. It's for a savings maximizer. So it's saving. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Um, I'm asking all these questions. They're trying to keep the money in the system. Idea. Yeah. They don't want you to put it in and then take it out. Like t- put the, d- the thousand in and then. Take yeah, and that's again. what you've really got to think about when you're setting up these savings account is, is this your goal because you're adding things to your emergency fund, to your house deposit, or is this a savings account that you're going to be moving money as like a money hub because you're moving money into your investment account, you're moving money here, you're just saving up to a certain point and then you're going to use it. So working out what you want that mm-hmm. account for because that ING criteria might be harder to meet if it's just your central money hub account. Yeah. Okay, so 1000 bucks a month external source, five card payments, must grow your savings balance. That's ING. All right. Number four, we're heading north, Kate, to Suncorp. All right. So Suncorp is offering you on their growth saver account mm-hmm. 4.45% per year on mm-hmm. your savings at the moment, but there are two criteria. Okay. Firstly, you have to put at least $200 in each month. Yep. And secondly, you can make maximum one withdrawal during the month if you want to be eligible for that interest rate. Okay. So they're really wanting you to keep the money in there and work towards your savings goals, which also works for them, and not be spending lots of money out of that account. Okay. So that makes sense. Um, so $200, your net balance, so the balance excluding any interest has to go up 200 bucks. Yep. And make no more than one withdrawal. Yep. Okay. Right. So that's a, like, a, in, in other words, it's a pure savings account. Like we need you to keep saving is what they're saying. But as soon as you take some money out- Yes. So they even have an example on their website. Do you want, if you want me to share yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They say, for example, if you make a withdrawal of six hundred dollars to cover your car registration, if you still want to earn bonus interest for that month, you need to contribute at least eight hundred dollars into your account before the end of the month, and you can't make any more withdrawals. Okay. So, so if you are going to go with this one, I just say just investigate. Uh, yes. how it links to your transaction account because you might need to have a transaction account off to the side for like your money that you are actually going to spend yeah. and this might just be purely a savings account. Because soon as you might get a better rate but as soon as you, if you may, need to make two withdrawals for some reason, you go back to their standard interest rate which is mm, well under 1%. Oh. Um, okay, so the, f- the, the fifth and final one is also a bit of a sunshine state business which is BOQ, Kate, Bank of Queensland. What are they offering? Bank of Queensland are offering... 4.6% on their smart saver account. Okay, which is pretty good. 4.6%. Imagine saying to someone two years ago, you're going to get 4.6% of your savings. I'd be like, what? <laughs> it's pretty good. Yeah, it's yeah. up to 250K, but 
I mean, that's a while off for me. Yeah. Um, and there are a few criteria. You mm-hmm. need to deposit at least $1,000 from an external source. Okay, same as ING, yep. Yep, and make five eligible transactions. Same as ING. Yeah. Okay, so... Okay, except, so this is interesting. So you've got ING at 5% and BOQ at 4.6. The only difference is that ING requires you to grow your savings balance, yep. excluding interest. So basically, they ING is saying, we'll give you a little bit more. We'll give you 0.4% more, but you need to grow your savings. That's kind of the trade-off here, um, which is cool. Okay, so obviously, when we say all this, the, the key thing is a lot of people don't switch banks because they want to stay with the bank basically until they get a mortgage. It's easier. You don't have to change stuff. However, just make sure your bank is giving you a good amount of interest because we can see here it's between 4 and 5% for doing nothing, mm. really. I mean, there's a few catches, but at the end of the day, you're going to do it anyway. So, may yeah. as well get the money. And especially things like that, settled, not pending transactions. I've heard people in the past write mm. in because they made those five card purchases for coffees and things close and to the through. end of the month and it hadn't settled in time and suddenly you go back to the standard rate, which is usually terrible. Yeah. Yeah, just yeah. I mean, that's just a good thing to check on, isn't it? Yeah, um, and that's why I yeah, I annoying. do include Macquarie in here, even though it is quite a bit lower than the others, is because it doesn't have those hurdles. Yeah, and so sometimes yeah. it is easy to have a hurdle-free account. Absolutely, because sometimes you just want a savings account, right? Like so, you you could have your transactions and whatever with Up or Combank or insert other bank, and then you might realize oh, the savings aren't that good. I'll put my savings with someone else, and I just want the best rate for the savings. Um, and so let's talk about savings. So when we talk about term deposits, the difference between term deposits and bank accounts or savings accounts is that you lock the money away. Uh, and that's kind of the key thing. And if you break that, there's typically some sort of penalty. So the idea is this money is not money that you're going to need because otherwise just chuck it in the savings account. In fact, yeah. most of the time you just chuck it in the savings account. This is for like... The people that want to kind of make sure they're getting a good rate, they're happy to put this money aside and they genuinely don't need the money. Yeah, it I'm might be a multi, multi-year multi goal you're working towards, yeah. a savings goal. Like a it might deposit be or- part of your retirement strategy or part of your long-term portfolio because yeah. cash plays a role in your diversified portfolio. And Absolutely does, A yeah. bigger role for some people more than others. And one of the things to keep in mind here is we, we, we're going to talk about 12-month rates. So this is if you have a tw- term deposit locked away for 12 months. There are a lot of accounts, uh, uh, like there are a lot of, um, I guess, terms longer than that. So they might be like two, three, four years. Sometimes they're even five-year terms. But there are also requirements around typically the balance size as well. You'll see banks quote different balance sizes. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's something. And when interest is paid, it's a few other things. But we're just kind of be general uh, here and say that these are these can be a good option for people, particularly people that are savers like retirees and that. Um, uh, there are two risks here I want to highlight when you use a term deposit. One is you lock in the rate now, and inflation keeps going higher. Because if you lock in, say, 4% and inflation stays at 7%, obviously you're going backwards to the tune of 3% a year and tax if you have to pay tax on it, the interest. But also the other thing is sometimes you can lock in a rate and the you then go and in 11 months your circumstances change. So just be aware you don't have to go all in one term deposit for three years, all in one term deposit for four years. You can do like five different term deposits and yeah, something like roll off. that much cash. And you might get a few extra percent here a year over a couple of years. So it might be worth it if you have a bigger balance. Okay, Kate, with that said, let's, let's get through these five uh, term deposits and what they're offering. Yeah. 
Yeah. All right. So first on the list, we have ING. We've got the okay. uh, orange the line back again. Yep. So that's for a one-year term deposit. They're offering 4.4% on okay. so term deposit, and that has a $10,000 minimum. Okay. Yeah. Which is typical. Like yeah. you wouldn't- I'm not going to read yeah. out the minimums, but usually you do need to have- yeah. At least over a thousand dollars. Yeah, if you're a Rascor member, you can. There's all the links. Kate provides all the links, so you can go and check it for yourself with the latest numbers. Yep, cool. Number two. Number two, we have Macquarie back the again. The silver donut. Yes, back Bowen again. Loves the silver donut. So they're offering four point five percent for one year. Mm-hmm. I like it. So it's four point five. Did you say? Yes. Oh, okay. So it's a little bit more than ING. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Number three is Rabobank, my old mate. Rabobank on their one-year term deposit, 4.35%. Okay. So, just a little bit less than ING and a little bit less, again, from Macquarie. Okay. ME Bank. That was recently bought by someone, wasn't it? It was sold by the industry super funds like Australian Super. And Division of Bank of Queensland. And now it's yeah, bought by Bank of Queensland. In yeah, the fine it's actually probably a good move there? for Bank of Queensland. If yeah, you cool. ever wonder with a smaller financial institution who they're owned by, scroll down to the very bottom of the page and they should say... Yeah, division of. Like, Ubank is one. For example, Ubank is owned by NAB. That's the best example that people can relate to. Now, why does this matter? Because Kate and I would say there is a government guarantee for savings up to $250,000 per ADI. Now, that sounds a bit jargony. What it means is even though you might have a bank like Ubank, Ubank's a division of NAB. So, you'd want to check that if you have 250 grand with Ubank and 250 grand with NAB, is that covered by one? Or it's like, do you get cover for both of those separate things? And there's a website for that, the Australian Government Guarantee. Yes. Okay, so ME Bank is number four. What's the rate? All right, I'm at the bottom of the page now, but I'm scrolling up. 12 months, 4.45%. Okay, that's pretty good. Second highest. Yep, yep. cool. B, uh, BOM, otherwise known as BOM or Bank of Melbourne, aka St. George, if you're uh, in New South Wales. So, what's Bank of Melbourne got and to offer us? And it's a division of Westpac if yes, you go is. to the very bottom as well. Yeah, so, so there you go. Practicing, looking at your fine print. All right. So, Bank of Melbourne, 4.5% at the moment for okay. your savings. and uh, But they do say in the fine print, you can make it 4.6% by uh, adding an extra 0.1% when you open or renew online. So, they're trying to get people to use the website, it seems like. Use the website, don't come into our branch. Yes, it sounds <laughs> There's one like down that. here, down the road here in Melbourne. And, but it does say offer available for a limited time only. Okay. Um, well, so, yeah, I guess, yeah. and it also incentivizes people that already have a term deposit with Bank of Melbourne. I assume it's similar rates with St. George. It's basically the same bank anyway. Yeah. So we've got ING at 4.4, Macquarie at 4.5, Rabobank at 4.35, I think yep. it was. ME Bank at 4.45. Yep. And BOM, B-O-M, at 4.5. So 4.6 if you open it online, which I presume most people would these days, but maybe there's a lot of older customers they're trying to bring. Yeah, or people that are renewing that are thinking, oh, I'll get out of this. So these are just the one-year rates. If you look at the two-year rates and the three-year rates, you'd get a different amount of money. Um, One of the questions I get a lot, Kate, is um, if if I'm an investor, I've got a bit of money, uh, do I lock in my rate now? And this is the same if you had a mortgage. Obviously, you'd be doing the opposite if you thought rates were going to fall. But if you're a saver, do I lock in my rate now? And the answer is it depends, as my co-host on the Investor Podcast, Drew, would say, um, because if you were planning on using this money to invest in the future, I would probably use bonds, like a bond ETF instead of a term deposit, because it would benefit from falling interest rates. But 
if you were just using this money because you just want 100% reliable income or close to 100% reliable income, well, maybe you start to lock in some of these rates. Mm. But the risk is, as I mentioned, if inflation keeps going higher and interest rates keep going higher, which is not what the market expects, but if that does happen, you're going to be locked in at 4.4% or thereabouts. Meanwhile, other interest rates could go up. So this is why we always say don't go all or nothing. Don't just chuck it all in one term deposit. Maybe do a couple of different term deposits with a couple of different providers at different lengths or maturities. I think that's the most sensible way. Yeah, like you wouldn't put all of your emergency fund into one term deposit because the point of it is you want to be able to access it at a moment's notice. So This would be like the money on top of the emergency fund. Yeah. Yeah. This would be like the money you probably could invest if you wanted to, but you don't want to kind of thing. That's this money. Um, Whereas the the emergency fund for me is high interest savings account. I don't know. I feel like you'd be the same. Yeah. Or like if you have a mortgage, you'd obviously offset account. Offset account before high interest savings. But yeah, same idea. You want to have flexibility. You want to be able to access that money. So this is good. Okay. So this is what I mean. Similar banks always seem to surface like ING, Macquarie, uh, in this instance, uh, I think last month CBA came up a bit. Uh, we've got UBank up in the savings accounts as well. So uh, lots of good banks out there. Shop around. Don't feel like you have to pay the loyalty tax of banking. It's, mm. you know, that's why a lot of these financial things that you have to do with your money. And these are great things that. to have money conversations with your friends and family about because they're pretty safe intro topics like, mm. oh, which bank... Where do you, yeah. what's your savings account? What's your transaction account? Do you know your interest rate? I'm getting 4.5%, yeah, blah, blah, blah. It even works here in the office. Yeah. With a lot of people that are finance people, they don't really check. And you're like, you know, you're like, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Or, or did you know you're on a savings account that's still 0.5% because the bank doesn't really care that much? Yeah. And they're not rewarding you. And sometimes it can be quite fun to show people there are other options out there to consider. Didn't we come across a blue bank the other day that, had savings accounts of saving interest on savings accounts of less than one percent or something crazy it was a term deposit a term deposit of less than one percent yes um it's a blue bank it was it was offering a uh, 12 month term deposit for 0.15 percent 0.15 yes that's like (laughs) that's basically like you've forgotten haha yeah they did have (laughs) another type of term deposit there was a little bit of a difference between the wording for 12 months for 4.4%. Okay. Um, but you But there you might be some get... people in that kind of group. We heard yeah. a story yesterday. This is completely unrelated, but it, it's similar. We heard a story yesterday of a big finance company that has thousands of people that are invested with them and the people seem to have forgotten. Yeah. Like, this is a big finance company. We can't name it, but they seem to have forgotten. People tend to forget about this stuff. Yeah, and like there's billions of dollars of unclaimed money just waiting for, with the government, waiting for people to come and find it. Yeah, like you can using use the ASIC those... website, go to MyGov, check it out. Yeah, it's yeah. if What's you have grandparents like... to do, go and search their names up. There's a lot of mm. people that have just sort of like lost track of savings accounts or dividends or mm. insurances along the way, and that money just gets collected with the government. And if you can prove that it's yours, you can get it back. I was actually, yeah, I was actually on the uh, on. Channel Nine the other day. I've got a three-minute segment. Casually dropping in a TV appearance. Uh, Channel Nine Adelaide. Shout out. Um, No, I was because people were there was a new report from the ATO that came out and said that like billions more dollars have been lost in super. Like Mm. people have just got this money floating around super. They don't realize. You can check that via MyGov, by the way, or you can ask your super fund to check for you. and then the other thing was there's billions of dollars in cash just sitting around out there, which you can check on ASIC and uh, 
I think in my gov as well. Yeah, use well, your tax file number. Check here it out. We you go. Might have We're a dropping bucks. this episode on Friday. So my challenge to you this weekend, if you haven't found your lost super via your MyGov login, you can yeah. just link your ATO account, go and find it. Yeah. You might have some, you might not, but it's, it's good money. to know. And go onto the unclaimed money sites. I'll put a link in the show notes and search your name. Mm. Now, if you've done all this for yourself, pick one of your family members and help them do this search because the MyGov website can be a bit scary to go into if you haven't before. I know when you get those emails saying you've got a new unread message in your MyGov (laughs) inbox, you're kind of like, oh, no, what is that? Um, But go in, help someone log in and search for their lost super. Try and look up a few friends and family names on the unclaimed money search. You might just make their weekend. That is a good challenge for the weekend, I reckon. Yeah, definitely. Do it. It's great. It's great advice. Okay. Well, as always, thanks for joining me. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Australian Finance Podcast. We hope you learned something new and were able to take one thing away from this episode. If you're keen to learn more, head on over to Rask Education and take one of our free money and investing courses. You could even become a Rask Core member for less than your Netflix subscription each month. And don't forget to subscribe for new episodes in your inbox every week. Plus, if you enjoyed the show, we'd love you to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and send any questions our way via the link in the description. And before we go on, did this podcast contain personal financial advice just for me? Absolutely not, Kate. Our podcast actually contains general financial information only. What that means is the information does not take into account your financial needs, goals, objectives, or even your situation. So because of that, it's important that you consider if the information is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on it. If that all sounds a bit confusing or you're still working out what your needs are, it's a great idea to consult a licensed and trusted financial planner. And don't forget to do your own research. Are you thinking about starting your wealth creating journey, but not sure where to put your hard earned dollars? InvestSmart can help. InvestSmart offers a free quiz that makes it easy to find the right InvestSmart ETF portfolio to help you reach your goals. Just visit investsmart.com.au and hit get started. Answer a few simple questions about your goals and how much you want to invest and you'll get a tailored statement of advice with a portfolio recommendation. You can visit investsmart.com.au for a no obligations free statement of advice. This ad is brought to you by InvestSmart Advice, AFSL 334107. For more than a decade, I've been hunting for the best investors and their methods, strategies, and tools for investing. After years in the industry, countless books, a few degrees, and 1,000 podcasts and live shows, I've rolled this accumulated knowledge into something called Rask Invest. If you've ever heard me talk about a core and a satellite, active and passive, true long-term compounding, or you simply want to know exactly how I would invest, now is your chance. Rask Invest is our new investment service, designed for all types of investors who want professional management of their core portfolio at a low cost from a team they trust. Rask Invest helps you automate your wealth creation and passive income. Simply click the link that says invest with Owen in your podcast player to join one of our live platform walkthroughs or book a call with us. You can also view the Rask Invest PDS and TMD and get invested with me.